Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. And welcome back to the 20-Minute Scriptorian. It's been a while, and we are just headed into 2021. So I want to thank you for your patience. Yeah, I had headed back to school, and it, it was too much for me to do work in school and try to get in the podcast. So this year, what I'm going to try to do is do just a couple of months. So you'll see them around the time if you're a teacher the first and the third of the month, and I might throw in a bonus one every once in a while. So watch for those, and that way we can all stay caught up. Now, there is so much material, more material, more people doing podcasts and YouTube channels and books and your own personal study that Come Follow Me is just burst on the scenes with material. So I hope to continue to make this a great tool for you as you continue to study, and specifically this year, the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, The focus, as always, is going to be a little bit academic, a little bit scholarly and a little bit inspirational. And so if that's not really what you're looking for, if you're looking for something that's all inspirational or all application, this might not be the great place for you. But if you are looking to find out a little bit more history, context, and background, you're in the right place. So stick around. All right, so welcome back. We are headed into Doctrine and Covenants. Now, for those of you who know me personally, uh, this is Lori, obviously. And I do not know church history like I know, say, the Old Testament or even, say, the New Testament or Book of Mormon. I, my favorite stuff is ancient uh, scripture, and there's so much to learn that I tend to spend a lot of time there. But that being said, the Doctrine and Covenants is such an amazing set of scripture. And so let's talk about that, and let's jump in today. So let's talk about that f- specifically. What makes the Doctrine and Covenants so unique? To a quick uh, flyby, just kind of where it comes from, and then we're going to jump into a little bit of section one. Now, I'm going to do an extra bonus session on the first vision since it is so amazing, and so we'll watch for that for this week too. But then we'll jump on, and you'll wait for a couple weeks, and then we'll hear from me in a couple weeks. All right? Okay, so first, what makes this so unique? Well, it is modern. It's current, um, and that is something that's so shocking. When I stepped back and I went back to school in the last few years and said, hey, you know, I really want to dig a little bit deeper into the scriptures and have a more formal uh, way to study than just me digging in and just doing my hobbies. One of the things that you do is you spend a lot of time in the languages. You also spend a lot of time in context, meaning, you know, when was this happening and what was the history and, uh, you know, who was the king at the time and what was it like to live back then? And another thing that's really important is authorial intent. What did the author mean? Um, In modern literature, we kind of say the author is dead. It's whatever you want the book to mean. But in scripture, we're trying to say if this was a prophet or, um, say, a psalmist or someone like that writing the the Gospels, what were they trying to say? And we try to glean that out because they clearly have a point, specifically for their day and age. And then someone like the Book of Mormon, hey, we're picking these from ancient, but we're for our day. So we look at those kind of historical and antiquated things we spend a lot of time in language for example um but with the doctrine and covenants it's a little bit different for those of you who are native uh, english speakers and specifically in the united states this isn't a language that's just really just barely outside of the way we speak today this was uh, mostly revealed in the united states 
uh, at the time it was written in mostly modern English and so you don't have all that that you have to kind of dig through so there's a power and a directness that's there one of the things of course that you'll notice is uh, just how the Doctrine and Covenants is set up the you know it's not in chapters so that's always interesting because it's section one section two and it also it is there's not a narrative so much so I want to go through a little bit of how it's structured and how it was structured and how it came to pass and 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 a couple of resources but there is one resource I want to make sure um, that you guys know about obviously you have the Doctrine and Covenants and if you go out to the church website right now the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org or uh, Church of Jesus Christ.org you'll find you can drill down on libraries and you can go and you can see a lot of this stuff is now free and it's available online in English and in um, like 50 other languages. Uh, but there is a one of one book in there that's particularly good called Revelations in Context. And so the church has published this and it's great and it kind of gives you the background of each of the sections and what was happening um, in the time. So not just the header of the Doctrine and Covenants that you get but uh, the revelations in context. So if you haven't had a chance to get that, it's free. You can go and get it. And, and it's just, it's amazing how it captures kind of what was happening in the background and the context. So I'll refer us a little bit of that. The other uh, couple books that you'll want to read, of course, are Saints, Volumes 1 and 2. So if you haven't had a chance to do that, go back and do it. Now, I've been doing them on books on tape, basically on, on Audible. They're free online. The church has them for free. So as I commute to work, I've been listening to the uh, the book on tape, I guess we call it. So, so if for Saints one and two, so it's a nice way to to listen to the stories that are in the background. They've done a really great job. The church done just an amazing job with these books. So if you haven't had a chance, or if you've read them once before, they're definitely worth going back. And I think they would be a great companion study. Again, they're on churchjesuschrist.org if you want to jump out and just get them for free, both electronically and in audio format. Okay, so. Now you have a few background materials, things that you can jump to in your own study. The book Saints, Volume 1 and 2, and Revelations and Context, as well as the Doctrine and Covenants themselves. But what is Scripture, and what exactly is the Doctrine and Covenants? Let's talk about that next. Well, what is Scripture? That question's kind of easy to answer, right? We can think of a few examples. The Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, Pearl Great Price, Doctrine and Covenants, and some of the official declarations. Well, we know that those are just sacred writings of the religion. So they say this is what we've written down. So we, we just listed our standard works or what we call the canon. Talk about that in a second. But that's basically what scripture is, whatever our writings are that are listed. Now, something that's really fascinating, I think, about what's also there is in section uh, 68, the Lord also talks about not only what's written, but what's spoken. Let's go there really quickly and see what the Lord has to say about what else is scripture. Doctrine and Covenants 68, 4. And whatsoever they shall speak when moved upon by the Holy Ghost shall be scripture, shall be the will of the Lord, shall be the mind of the Lord, shall be the word of the Lord, shall be the voice of the Lord, and, shall, and the power of God unto salvation. Wow. So when we have living prophets, living authorities on earth, it's also what they say, right? So it doesn't just have to be uh, written down. But of course, that's what we normally, that's what we normally go to. So something that's so exciting to me about having the Doctrine and Covenants is that it's modern, it's current, it's relevant. As you guys know, I went back to school, and so instead of just studying this stuff, 
willy-nilly on my own, I said, you know, I wonder if there's something that I could go learn more formally. Now, my personal interest tends to be uh, the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, which means I get to learn Hebrew and Aramaic and really dig into that. And it takes a lot sometimes to pull apart what that is saying. And you have to really dig in. I mean, it's more of study than reading. You, you have to kind of study it to even figure out sometimes what it's talking about, right? We all know that from, say, Isaiah. But the Doctrine and Covenants isn't like that at all. In fact, it's so powerful because it's so direct. Not only that, but it was not written in a language that's basically dead, but it is a language that, was, that we speak today uh, to people that basically live like we do. So it's modern, it's new, it's relevant, and it's answering questions that we, we have today. I think that's something that's so easy to take for granted. When I work with my friends at school, um, they are very devout, they're very pious, they're believing, they're really neat, neat people. But they don't have any new anything, right? You have to kind of piece together. So when we have a challenge today in today's complex world and many different cultures and languages and times and technologies, they have to kind of try to piece together some clue from the Old or New Testament of how, how do I handle a question like that? Um, and and we, don't, we don't necessarily have that problem, right? The Lord is speaking directly. And if you think about that, why wouldn't the Lord be speaking to his people? Why, why would he hope that we can piece together something in this kind of piecemeal letters from the New Testament or something like that? And these ancient peoples and languages we don't speak and cultures that are really, really different than our own. No, he doesn't. He's speaking right to us and he speaks to prophets today. And that is absolutely amazing. So if you have a minute, say a little prayer of thanks. Say, hey, Heavenly Father, I'm really grateful that, that the Lord speaks to us today. And I am as well. So that's the first. What's scripture? Well, it's the Lord speaking to his people, written mostly. But we also see it as whatever the Lord speaks. Now, I throw out a term canon, um, and that is what's like the official scripture. So canon comes from a word that means like measuring stick. Um, so it's trying to say what is what's official. And there are other books out there that we do not consider canon. So we have books of scripture that are canon. The New Testament, the Old Testament. We typically say there are about 66 books in there, depending on how you break them up. Um, and then we have the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the even in there and um, they're the official declarations as well. So we have a few things in there that we say, hey, these are the official. This is by that stick, the canon. This is the canon. One of my favorite examples of canon is. Uh, uh, Star Wars. So, you know, we all know Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But uh, Star Wars, after George Lucas's, you know, original um, through the first three and then went back into the prequels, those were canon. And then all these other people got involved. I mean, there were video games and other books and just all kinds of uh, comic books and fan fiction and all kinds of things. And, and a lot of that was considered canon, meaning all those stories that people added onto the Star Wars universe were considered canon. And then when Disney bought it, they said, no, no, none of that's canon, only the movies and a few other things. And that was really devastating to a lot of people in the Star Wars world. If you're like me, it was very confusing to say, oh, God, those stories used to be what really happened in Star Wars, and now it's not at all. So it's a good example, modern example of canon. Um, that affects us today what's actually real now in scripture it's even more important obviously than Star Wars so don't hate me for using that example but 
what is real. There are other books, the Apocrypha, the Pseudepigrapha, um, a number of books. So some of you might have heard of things like um, uh, the Book of Tobit um, or Bell and the Dragon. There are some of the Apocrypha that is included, say, in the Catholic Bible. Uh, the Book of Jubilees, for example. Great reading if you want to read it. Um, but And they give good insights. Uh, the Pseudepigrapha, as also some additional writings that were written in the name of somebody else. It's just how they used to do it back then. But they're not considered canon, so you can get some good insights, and there might be truth in there, but it isn't considered scripture. So um, something like Enoch, the book of uh, First Enoch, Second Enoch, really interesting stuff. And even the New Testament quotes a little bit of Enoch. Uh, Peter quotes it, Jude quotes it, for example. But it's not considered scripture. It's just something written at the same time. I think of a lot of those things as fan fiction, right? Someone else was writing like that, but it doesn't mean it's doctrine, just like this podcast. <laughs> it's not doctrine, it's just my ideas. So that's kind of what the Doctrine and Covenants is part of scripture. It is considered part of canon. It's, it's official and it's accepted. So let's go out and find out a little bit more, though, about what this Doctrine and Covenants is. And one of the great places and the great resources, and sadly the one I always skip, is right in the introduction. So if you go to the introduction of your Doctrine and Covenants, this is what it says. The Doctrine and Covenants is a collection of divine revelations and inspired declarations given for the establishment and regulation of the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. Although most of the sections are directed to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the messages, warnings, and exhortations are for the benefit of all mankind and contain an invitation to all people everywhere to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking to them for their temporal well-being and their everlasting salvation. Most of the revelations in this compilation were received through Joseph Smith, Jr., the first prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Others were issued through some of his successors in the presidency. For example, you can see, this is me talking, I'm not quoting anymore, but you can see the headings of, uh, say, section 135, uh, 136, 138, and official declarations 1 and 2. So you'll see some of those um, of who else wrote those. And see, just quiz yourself and say, who did write 135, 136, 138, and official declarations 1 and 2? And you probably know a little bit of the answer, but it's a good little quiz. So not all were written or given to Joseph Smith. The book, I'm quoting again from the introduction, the book of the Doctrine and Covenants is one of the standard works of the church in company with the Holy Bible, Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price. However, the Doctrine and Covenants is unique because it, because it is not a translation of an ancient document, but is of modern origin and was given of God through his chosen prophets for the restoration of his holy work and the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth in these days. In the revelations, one hears the tender but firm voice of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking anew in the dispensation of the fullness of times. And the work that is initiated herein in pre is preparatory to his second coming and fulfillment of and in con concert with the word of all the holy prophets since the world began. That's right there in the introduction. Isn't that powerful? I love some of the things that it calls out, and I want us to kind of think of that throughout this year. At least I'm going to. And one of them is, yeah, it's not a translation, right? Like I was talking about, you don't have to read Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek to understand it in the context. This was written in a language that's modern. Even if you're not a native English speaker, um, it, we're still speaking modern English, so it's easy to translate into a different language, or a lot easier than an ancient language. But it's also given to God through his chosen prophets for the restoration of his holy work and the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. 
And I love this part. One hears the tender but firm voice of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking anew in the dispensation of the fullness of times. And the work that is initiated herein is preparatory to his second coming. Wow. So here it is. The Lord is literally speaking. Now, that's a little bit different, right? We think about Revelation and a lot of the revelations and the other scripture that we have. It's not the Lord directly speaking. It's a prophet telling a story or it's someone singing a psalm or writing a poem or retelling a story. But it's not a directive. It's not the Lord's voice. Not very often if you think about it. And yet here it is. So if you want to know what does the Lord sound like, what this is it. This is it. This is, and so it's sometimes it's harder to study because there are less stories and narratives to go by. But if you want to know exactly what he has to say, here it is. I find it fascinating as well that some of the purposes are to establish the Lord's church, his kingdom of God on the earth. And that is it. This is the Lord's church. So if you want to get closer to the Lord, um, you can read the Book of Mormon. That is absolutely key. But if you want to know how the Lord wants to establish his kingdom, it's the Doctrine and Covenants. Pretty awesome. So that's it. And the second coming. It's on its way. It's, it's near. And so this is how the Lord is going to prepare. Okay, so that's right there. There's more in the introduction. Dig in because it's pretty exciting. Um, but but there are, uh, one thing I think is why. Why do we get these revelations? They're, how are they organized? Uh, you guys know this, but it's not exactly in chronological order. In fact, section one was written quite a bit later as the Lord's preface. And then there are other people that write. Um, they're not just Joseph Smith. And so they are it, it isn't in chronological order. It's not a story. It's not a narrative, but they're directives. And a lot of times they're in answers to someone's specific questions. So, and then there are a lot of them right at the beginning of the church being established. And then as things get rolling along, then they don't need quite as much guidance on some of that. So you don't see uh, as, as much there. So we're about out of time on this all about section and learning a little bit about the Doctrine and Covenants. We'll jump into section one here shortly on the next round. But there's something really unique and exciting about the Doctrine and Covenants, and that's that it's the Lord speaking to us today. There's a great, great quote here from President Joseph Fielding Smith concerning the Doctrine and Covenants. And as much as I hate doing a really long quote, this one's probably worth it. So listen up. In my judgment, there is no book on earth yet to come to man as important as the book known as the Doctrine and Covenants. With all due respect to the Book of Mormon and the Bible and the Pearl of Great Price, which we say, which we say are our standards and doctrine, the Book of Doctrine and Covenants to us stands in a peculiar position above them all. I'm going to tell you why. When I say that, do not for a moment think I do not value the Book of Mormon or the Bible and think that the Pearl of and the Pearl of Great Price. Just as much as any man lives, I think I do. I do not know of anyone who has read them more, and I appreciate them, and they are wonderful. They contain doctrine and revelation and commandments that we should heed. But the Bible is a history containing the doctrine and commandments given to the people anciently. That applies also to the Book of Mormon. It's doctrine and the history and the commandments of the people who dwelt upon this continent, continent anciently. But this doctrine and covenants contains the word of God to those who dwell here now. More precious than gold, the prophet says we should treasure it more than the riches of the whole earth. I wonder if we do, if we value it, understand it, and, and know what it contains. 
we will value it more than wealth. It is worth more to us than the riches of the earth. So something powerful, something unique is that the Lord is speaking to us today. And while there's no narrative and there's no storyline sometimes, and sometimes it's written to someone that you might not know what the point was, it's the Lord speaking to us today, currently. And that's pretty exciting. All right, brothers and sisters, that's it. Uh, keep on reading.